afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is Christina, and I welcome you to our talk here today. Before we begin, I'd like to call in the spirits. I call in the ancestors to be with us here today. These are the people who dreamt of a future, and out of that dreaming, we arrived. We emerged as the answer to that dream. Let us live in a good way and dream well ourselves. We call out to these ancestors on whose shoulders we stand, and we ask them to bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us here on this day or at whatever time it is that you're listening to this radio show, we call them in to be with us, that we might open our ears to hear what we need to hear, that we might open our minds to frame the questions that we need to ask, that we might open our hearts, that we could live in a good way on this planet and learn from those who have gone before us. May we receive the legacy of those who have lived well and take that legacy forward in new, creative, and exciting ways. We call out to the energy of the earth, the first great ancestor, and we give thanks to her for the wonder of her dreaming. From a shamanic perspective, it is her dream that began the dreaming on this planet to bring life as we know it to the face of this beautiful earth. And we give thanks to the earth. We give thanks to her for a place that we can call home, for a place that we share with such wonderful, amazing, great, beautiful diversity of life. We give thanks for that which is grand on this planet and that which is small. But mostly we give thanks to the great web of life on this planet that allows each one of us to to grow and to thrive and to be well in each day. We give thanks to the earth for connectedness and belonging. We give thanks to the sky above and we call that energy down into our proceedings here today to bring light and life and breath, to bring blessing, protection, and generosity, that we might know the beneficence of our universe and of our place within it. We call in the energy of the sky above to be with us here on this day and to open our minds, to open our hearts with breath and open our bodies to be present, to stand up and to know whose life it is that we are living. We call out to all of these energies to be with us here today that we might be safe and proud and happy to open our hearts, to call in the energy of the heart, that amazing place within each one of us that allows us to draw up our passions, our true soul's longing for why we are here, and to merge that energy with the clarity of the mind that can see the world around us and understand what must be done to live in a good way and to merge what we're here to do and the ability to do it in the heart so that it connects with all living things so that we may express that soul's purpose in our day. We call out to those energies to be with us here today, and I thank each one of you for being with us here today and listening. Today we continue the series of the basics of living well. Last week we spoke about grounding, and the idea of this series about grounding, about energy cultivation and boundaries and protection, that these are elemental energies that are so basic that no matter whether you consider yourself a religious person or a spiritual person, whether you're engaged in shamanism, whether you're atheist or agnostic, or whatever it is that you are in the world, that you are an energy person, an energy being living in an energy world, and all these energies are connected. And this is, not, this is no longer debatable. Science is proving it. So 
what do you need to know to live here in a good way? What are the basics of running an energy body? Most people know more about the basics of maintaining their car or cleaning their espresso machine than they know about the energy basics of being a human. So this is what we're talking about in this series. It began last week, it's this week, and then it will... um, The last part will be in mid-September because in the next two weeks we have wonderful guests lined up for you. So today, we're talking about energy cultivation. In other words, once you get grounded and you choose to be here now and stand up and be present and step into your body and you're here, now what? Well, the truth is, as inelegant as it may be, the imagery that has helped me the most, because there are a whole lot of books out there and a whole lot of teachers out there that will give you beautiful, elegant visualizations of being a great being of light and all this intricacy and beauty. And all of that is true. But in a pinch, in the middle of the day, when I just got cut off in traffic and I have to remember what I have to do at the grocery store and the bank and I don't have enough time to do it, I can't remember something that complicated. I need something simple. That's how I am. And what's simple for me, as inelegant as it may be, is just to remember I am an energy bucket, and so are you. That we're all just buckets of energy, and the bucket itself is made of energy. So we'll talk about that at the end of our show here today. So what do you do to fill your bucket, and how do you keep your bucket from leaking? And I guess the big news is, sorry guys, you do have to fill your bucket. It doesn't just stay magically full because you prayed correctly. I wish it was that easy. Believe me, I do. But it's not. And I'm not even sure that it should be. I have no idea. It's just not the system. So once again, from a shamanic perspective, the simplest thing to do here as a human is learn what the system is and learn how to work it instead of trying to pretend like you're in charge and you get to reinvent it yourself. Because you know what? As humans, we just don't. No matter how much technology we create, that technology is still following a larger set of rules. So, as I said, last week we talked about grounding. And one of the things that came out of that grounding is I challenged people to spend the next 30 days um, grounding at least once a day. And there were several visualizations in last week's um, show that anyone could use for grounding. You can use your own favorite visualization for grounding or whatever you have for grounding, but just to do it every day. For 30 days. And I've had a lot of response to that show. People that just choose to be grounded is a new choice and that it does change things. And for many people, just to remember to do that a couple times sporadically in the week has been impactful enough that they're taking me up on my 30-day challenge. So in 30 days, we may have a report back from these people, which I hope. But one person in particular spoke really beautifully What she took from the show was not only to choose to be grounded, but then to ask herself in those moments when she needed to stop and get grounded, to ask herself, whose life do you want to be living? And that is an excellent grounding question. Whose life do you want to be living? Yours or somebody else's? Or that cancer? You know, illness wants to live too. Do you want to let illness live your life? No. So we say to ourselves, whose life do you want to be living? And your answer is, everyone together, all together, mine. What what life am I here to live and how do I do it? 
right? So the what question, what am I here to do, that is the question of your soul's purpose. And that is what all of the talks, one way or another, come back around to. But today, the question we're answering is, how do I live it? I've, I've gotten grounded, I stand up, I choose to be here now, I ask myself the question, whose life do I want to be living? And I say mine. How do I do that? Well, like anything else in the physical world, if you want to make it happen, you need resources. Now, that's not necessarily money. You know, open your eyes. There's lots of resources required to make things happen. And for a human being, the most essential resource is life force energy, is the energy in the body, the energy of well-being within the physical body. And so when I talk about energy cultivation and the fact, inelegant as it may be, that you are a bucket, that's what we're talking about, is how do you live it? And so there's a chi chi master, energy master, who was asked a question about, you know, which practice is the right practice to be able to master this challenge of cultivating energy. And her answer was exquisitely beautiful and simple. The answer was the most important practice in the world for you is the one you do every day. So let's look at that. What do you do every day? That's your energy practice. And for some of you, that may be a very scary thought. For others, it may be confusing. For others, it may not be so bad. But the point is, your energy practice is whatever you're doing every day. And that may or may not be cultivating energy. It's either cultivating energy or it's spending energy. And for some of you, it may be spending energy frivolously. So the first question that we need to ask ourselves when we ask ourselves, what is, what is the practice I'm living every day, is do you love what you do? Now, let's look at that maturely. I am not asking you if you love every single minute of every single day. When Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss, he was not speaking of that in some immature way that you should be giddy and bliss-filled and ecstatic in every single moment. What he was asking us, challenging us to find within ourselves is what you, what really makes your passion move? I don't mean angry passion. I mean the passion for life. Where is the bliss? Where is the joy? Where is the thing that no matter the circumstances, this is the thing that wakes you up and makes you want to live? Where is your bliss? That's what he's asking. He's not saying just be giddy and happy and blissful in every moment. I mean, the only way you're going to be able to do that is with pharmaceuticals anyway. What he's asking is what makes you want to live fiercely. And in shamanism, a big piece of that work that we work with, my students work with with me, is to cultivate death as an ally so that we're constantly asking ourselves, what would I do today if I knew I was going to die tomorrow? Right? What is worth living for? And so the issue is, what is worth living for? And then the the spirit help comes in to help me understand then, once I decide what's worth living for, how do I make that happen in the world? And I don't mean the imaginary ideal world I think I want to live in, but the one I am living in today, which means there's going to be some things that are blissful and ecstatic and joyful and wonderful and some things you've got to do today that kind of suck. But you do them anyway because they're part of what it takes to manifest this thing that is your passion and your joy and your bliss here in the physical world. So you could answer that question, do you love what you do? 
maybe you really do love that restaurant job because you get great tips, the food is fabulous, you really can support it, you've got good clientele coming in, and that money allows you to play in that crazy band that you're in that actually plays your music and allows you to write your songs and sing. So you can love that thing you're doing because it allows you to do the other thing that you feel passionate about. I am not saying, are you absolutely passionate about every single thing you do every moment? I am saying, is your life organized for you to do what you've come here to do? And do you love that thing? That's the first thing about cultivating your energy. The next thing about it is then to look at how do you approach your day? How are you in the day? Um, so that's the next thing that we're going to talk about is how do you think about your day? What actions do you take in the day? And do these thoughts and these actions cultivate energy for you or do they spend it? And even worse, do they spend it frivolous? So come back after the next break and we'll continue our conversation about the basics of living well and today's topic, which is energy cultivation. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and we are talking about the basics of living well today, in particular, energy cultivation. And since most people have no idea what that really means, because they didn't tell you that you needed to do this in kindergarten, essentially energy cultivation is understanding that you are an energy being and you're basically an energy bucket and you need to keep energy in the bucket. And when the bucket is filled to overflowing, you are in the best state possible for offering to the world. So how do we get there? Well, one of the best uh, pieces of advice I've ever been given around this, um, I just shared, which is the most important practice in the world for you is the one you do every day. And so this is what we're talking about, is what are you doing every day? And to really begin to look at what you're doing every day and how what you're doing is affecting the energy in your bucket the inflow and outflow of energy in the bucket, and then ultimately the bucket itself. Now, because I do my very best to be as honest as I possibly can on these radio shows, I am not going to paint this in a pretty petticoat here. The real issue around energy cultivation is you need a daily practice. You need a daily energy practice of qigong or tai chi or yoga, something that actually cultivates energy. That's going to be the bottom line once you no longer have gobs of youth to throw at the problems in your life. That's the truth. Now, for most people, that's a really big step from where you are. And if that's the case, this show is for you because we're talking about the basics. We're talking about what are the steps you can take from zero to one to two to three to get to a place where maybe at some point you'll recognize, gee, I really need an energy practice now. So, what we're looking at today are those first steps of coming, just like choosing to ground, the first step of choosing to become aware of yourself as a being of energy and how you are either filling the energy for your life or spending frivolously the energy of your life. And remember, the question, of course, is how do I do what I've come here to do? Well, you need resources for that. You need energy. So the first thing that is dissipating just dissipating the energy that you've collected in your day, in your life, the resources you have. I mean, think about it. Think If you need to think about resources as money to pay attention, you go right ahead and do that. But the point is you have a finite pool of resources each day. Now, potentially you have infinite resources available to you. But in each moment, that amount is finite, what is available to you. So one of the ways people spend frivolously 
the resources they've been given for the day is through their thoughts, through worry and stress primarily. Now, for many of us, worry and stress are things we don't have all that much control over. But the big third problem with thoughts is that most people are simply working their own nerves. In other words, they are thinking about things in their life in a way that is upsetting them, creating worry and creating stress, when the actual source of all of that is the way they're thinking about life in the first place. And so if you really want to change one thing based on this show that will allow you to conserve and cultivate energy within yourself, it's to begin to look at how you're thinking about your life and yourself in that life and your alignment to your inner truth in this life, to think about how you're going about your day and to watch your thoughts and to begin to recognize how much energy you are wasting. Because the truth of the system is, the bottom line is that you are creating your own reality, all of it. And that when you can take accountability and responsibility for the fact that you're creating your life, things will begin to simplify. Now, most people don't like that. It irritates them a great deal. And they want exceptions to that rule. And part of the problem with therapy when it's ineffective is it gives people exceptions to that rule. From a shamanic perspective, there are no exceptions to that rule. That is how things work. But people find that irritating. So for today, since getting into why that is and why, what you need to do to step up to it is really more than I can do in an hour-long radio show, let's just agree to about this. You can, I'm sure, accept that you are choosing your perspective on everything that happens in your day. You are choosing how to view it, how to see what you see, you're actually choosing what to see. But you're not only choosing how to see what to see, but you're also choosing how you interpret that and how you value it. In other words, do you value that or do you devalue it? Commonly, that would be called passing judgment on things, but judgment is one of those words that's getting used way too much these days. But it's really about your own internal system of valuing about what's going on. So what I notice with people is that the place that they can make the most impact to to stop wasting reserves and resources is learning when they're working their own nerves, which for most people is all the time. And what this comes from is assumptions you are making about your reality that may or may not be true. And another thing is, and this is a tricky thing, most of us learn to lie as children, not big, grand lies out in the physical world, but to lie to ourselves. Most of us learn to lie to our intuitive voice or our truth voice inside of ourselves because we didn't like the truth that we knew. We didn't like the reality that we were stuck in, and so we learned to lie to ourselves. We learned to tell ourselves it wasn't really happening, we weren't seeing what we were seeing, you know, whatever it is. But we did learn to lie to ourselves as a way to cope with reality. And the beauty is you're here, you're listening to the radio show, so that coping mechanism worked. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with having done that unless you are currently asleep to the fact that you did that and you're not realizing as an adult that you're still doing it. That's the piece you need to look at is do you still lie to yourself the same way you did as a kid to get through life? Because you know what? You're grown up now and you don't need to. It worked. It got you here. You're grown up now. 
you don't have to lie to yourself. And more importantly, if you want to begin to cultivate energy in your life, you've got to stop lying to yourself. You have to start listening to your own inner truth, listening to your intuition, listening, in essence, then to the wisdom of the body, the wisdom of the heart, the wisdom of spirit within you, as well as the wisdom in the mind. Right? And we need to begin to trust the internal truth and allow that then to begin to help us understand what it is that we're seeing in the world. And that is a change of attitude. You know, it's not a big healing. It's a choice you're making. You're choosing how to perceive your day, of your day. You're choosing how to perceive reality, and you're choosing how to interpret it. So, and that's the reason that some, that, you know, Bob, the guy that doesn't have very good personal hygiene, Let's say in the work group of eight people, he drives two people absolutely crazy. Three people don't even notice it, and the other people are dubious depending on the day. And so what that's really showing is not really anything about Bob and his lack of personal hygiene, but what it's showing is how all these different people have a different perspective on the reality that is their work group and what they expect about the environment in their work group and about Bob. And and these assumptions that we make about reality are often the things that are the reason that we get upset about what's going on. We have an expectation. We have an unknown desire. We have made assumptions about why people are the way they are. We've made assumptions about why we are the way we are. All of these things are choices. And so choosing to simplify your life largely has to do with choosing to pay attention to your thoughts, to pay attention to where they're coming from, to pay attention to the simple questions, are you working your own nerves? Have you created this problem you are all agitated about in your own mind? So that's the first piece. What's really important about that is that that stuff is really easy to learn to clear. I mean, I teach a course about clearing that energy at least once a year in in Manhattan. I don't do it as frequently everywhere else, but it's not a hard skill set. You don't even have to accept shamanism to learn that skill. But it has to do with coming to understand what energies are in your life that are upsetting you and what they really mean internally to clear what they mean internally so they don't upset you externally anymore. And that is one of the biggest energy drains in people's lives, is that they work their own nerves. The next really big depleter in your life, the thing that really depletes your energy is stress. And some people would say I'm a fine one to talk about that, but it is true. And making choices in your life to value beginning to moderate or manage your stress differently may be something that you need to do to work on energy cultivation. However, let's assume you love your work and inherent in your work is a big ton of stress and you've got two kids at home and, frankly, you love your spouse at home, you love your kids, you love your life. And I've got a lot of clients like this. I've worked with them for years. They're happy right now, but, man, their lives are full and they're stressed because it's just like way too much good stuff. One of the great compensators for that, or if you've got stress that's emptying the bucket, one of the great bucket fillers is laughter to value laughter, to value the things in life that make you laugh and to engage in those things. Laughter is extremely powerful. Now, you can get into the whole 
laughter as medicine thing, but I'm talking about it as something that generates energy and something that um, actually has a protective force around you. When you are laughing in the face of evil, evil cowers. Laughter is absolutely rebellious and wonderfully powerful in filling your space and filling you up. And so being willing to to trust and follow and engage in and value and and value the things that make you laugh. I remember as a very very serious teenager, oh so very serious, I was passing the TV that my little brother was watching and it was, you know, Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny popped his head out of the closing caption um, logo and says, don't take life so seriously. You'll never get out of it alive. So take that from part two of our energy cultivation um, discussion here today, that don't take your actions seriously. Align them with your words. But don't take life so seriously because that's only your perspective, and your perspective may be sideways. So in the immortal words of Bugs Bunny, don't take life so seriously, you'll never get out of it alive. And ask yourself regularly, am I working my own? So as we come back, we'll talk more about energy cultivation. Welcome back, everyone. Why shamanism now? Today we're in part two of our series of the basics of living well. And these are very, very basic steps that you need to take as an energy being living in an energy world. And today's topic is energy cultivation. So um, if you would please, as long as you're not driving while you're listening, uh, take a moment and close your eyes and we'll connect this to the grounding visualization that we did last week. So just imagine the top of your head opening up, breathing in the top of your head and opening up and reaching your awareness all the way up through the sky, through the atmosphere, into the cosmos, out amongst all the heavenly bodies and the wonders of our universe, all the way to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you name that power, there's so many different names for this name, and all of them fall short. But, but, but by whatever name matters to you and resonates with you, latch on to that highest power in the sky energy, that true yang essence energy, and draw that energy down. You can bring it down as a nice golden um, column of energy, just pouring energy down through all the layers of the sky into the top of your head. And as you breathe a breath in, draw that energy into the space of your body. Just let it be very physical. Don't worry about the specifics of things. But draw it into your head and into your throat, into your shoulders and your chest and your heart and your lungs. With each breath, you draw it in. And with each exhale, you send the tension and the energies in the way out. And let your whole body become immersed and infused and filled with this golden energy. Let it move down through your entire torso, into your pelvis, and down your grounding cord. So now there's this golden column of light coming from the highest power of the universe down through your head, through your body, through your torso, out the base of your torso, and down through your grounding cord all the way into the center of the earth. You can visualize this. You can imagine it actively. You can sense it. Some people sense it without being able to see it. It doesn't really matter. Just use whatever senses you have. Just work with whatever you have to work with and imagine this great column of light moving from the highest power above all the way down through you and anchoring to the center of the earth. And then with your heart, reach the center of the earth and with gratitude for your life, your home, your body, and all that is physical and true for you in this world to draw the energy of the earth up. 
and imagine it rising up through all the layers of the earth like a crystal clear spring of water. Pure, um, simple, silvery, cool, refreshing. And allow the energy of the earth to come up through the bottoms of your feet and let it rise up your legs and into your body and begin to blend with the golden energy to rise up through your body. So with each breath now you're drawing that silvery cool energy up into the pelvis and into the belly and breathing and drawing it up into the solar plexus. And with each breath just let the silver energy now fill. And as you continue on, drawing up and up and up through the body, up and out the top of your head, all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And so now you have the golden energy coming from above all the way down to the center of the earth and the silver energy coming up from the center of the earth and reaching all the way up to the highest power of the universe. So you're now filled with gold and silver energy. So bring your awareness back down into your body. And in your body, imagine yourself as an energy being and that your skin is all made of energy and that your skin is simply holding within it energy. And right now you can imagine it as this gold and silver energy. For those of you that work with energy visualizations, feel free to see the chakras or the energy meridians or whatever it is that you visualize inside of yourself. It doesn't really matter how you do it. The point is that you visualize your or imagine or sense your internal body as energy. And as you're feeling this and imagining this, breathing in and out and letting the energy inside of the bucket become more and more real for you, let your conscious awareness settle all the way down to the base of your pelvis. And at the very, very base of your pelvis, imagine that you can see a warm, flickering flame, like a firelight, that passionate, warm gathering energy. This is the fire. Think of this as the fire that burns in the very center of your being that gathers your whole self to it because it holds in it the passion for why you are here. Your soul's purpose is burning in this flame. And allow these passionate golden flames deep in your pelvis. Allow the radiance of these flames to infuse the whole body filling all the space held within the skin, merging with the gold and silver energy, and let that warm, passionate energy that carries in it the programming for why you are here to infuse your whole body. So the cells are now infused with that warm, golden glow from that fire that is the essence of you. And then breathe and draw your energy up into your heart. And in the center of the heart, See another fire that has a warm, rosy glow to it that is not the passionate licking fire um, in the pelvis, but is a, a rosy glow that draws you to it like bees to a flower or the hummingbird to the nectar that draws life to the thing that gives it life. Let that rosy pink energy emerge in the heart and fill the whole bucket of you Let it extend down and up and out and into the cells. And let the warm, radiant, rosy energy of the heart infuse all things. And finally, let your awareness rise up into your mind. And in your mind, see a clear blue flame burning clean and true there in your mind. And allow the radiance 
the luminosity of this beautiful clear blue flame to infuse your entire being inside the bucket of your skin. And let it infuse with the gold energy and the silver energy, the rosy fire of the heart and the passionate warm fire of the belly. And let all of these fires burn within you. So you can imagine yourself here, each fire being fed by the gold energy from above and the silver energy from below, merging within you and fueling the fire in your mind, the fire in your heart, and the fire in your belly. And let all of these energies radiate out and fill the bucket that is you. And in this way, you allow yourself to come into alignment with these energy centers. And in this way, you offer your inner knowing up to know what you know, to feel the truth, to ask yourself important questions and allow the truth to resonate within this energy-filled being. So this is one way to visualize the energy cultivation within yourself and a simple first step. Some other ways that you can do this, so this is a meditation or a visualization. Some meditations will help you to cultivate energy. There are journeys you can take with certain intentions, shamanic journeys that will help you to cultivate energy. For some people, being able to just imagine themselves going to a place that has the qualities that restore their energy is a way that they reconnect with their energy. Um, There are many traditional chants that allow us to cultivate energy inside. And for many, for some people, singing alone, in and of itself, no matter what they sing, helps them to cultivate energy inside. For people who are just, have crazy minds, just crazy, crazy minds that will not settle down and the idea of meditation sounds like prison, one suggestion is simply stretching and breathing. You're doing something, you can focus on what you're doing, it's active, your mind can be engaged in it, but allows you to shift into a state of being that is more cultivating of energy than spending of energy. Another way to begin to move towards energy cultivation is to, in the time right before bed, at least the hour, if not the two hours before bed, to have that time not be mediated by technology in any way. To be with people, to be with your pets, to read a book, to do whatever it is that is not mediated by technology. Another way is to have a practice at the end of the day of reviewing your day. Did you show up? Were you present? Where did you not? What stones did you trip over in the day and why? But to review the day and put it to bed in a certain way. And that is the beginning then of other work that will help you to truly begin real energy cultivation, which is to feel your feelings and to learn to clear those feelings that need to be cleared and express those feelings that need to be expressed to begin to do shadow work and deep personal work about the deep patterns um, of energy and behavior that keep you from showing up in your life. Another way to cultivate energy is to get some sleep and sleep deeply. Another way to cultivate energy is simply to come to recognize the answer to the question, what do I need to do in my life? to have the energy to do what I've come here to do. For me, that means sometimes ending relationships. It means sometimes beginning others. But the most important relationship that I had to begin to do what I came here to do was my relationship with my own energy practice, my own Qigong practice. 
So these are some options of what you could do to cultivate energy in the very, very beginning, going from zero to step one. When we return, we'll talk about the bucket itself. Thank you all for being with us. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Press, and we are talking about the basics of living well. And today's topic is energy cultivation. So in the beginning of the show, I said, I'm sorry it's not very sexy, but we're just an energy bucket. And that what's important in energy cultivation is not just the energy we put in the bucket or how fast we spend it on the way out, but um, the actual fact that the bucket itself is made of energy. Because, of course, you're an energy being. So how could the bucket be made of anything else other than energy? So let's talk a little bit about the bucket here as we um, come to the last section of of the show. So what are the factors that influence the integrity of the bucket? Well, the first thing is how you perceive of yourself, how you perceive of yourself in the world. If you're not aware that you're an energy bucket, you're not going to be paying attention to it. And often people make very silly, unimportant choices, but they're very damaging to the bucket and to the energy within it. So the first is just how you see things, so your choice of perspective. Um, That also sort of laps over into how you understand boundaries and protection and what it means to be an energy being in an energy world. Okay, another factor is history. In other words, what's the energy habit that you have from what's gone on before in your life? What are your habits of how you are in the world? Another thing that influences your bucket is damage. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, in a minute. But the things that damage the bucket so that it has a leak. In other words, you're putting energy in, doing all the right things, going to your therapist, doing your meditation every day, going to yoga three times a week. You know, you're doing all the right things, doing a job you basically like, everything. What's going on? Why don't you have the energy? It's probably, probably because the bucket itself has leaks, that there are fundamental structural problems in the bucket. And these things come from, um, from a shamanic perspective, they come from soul loss, soul theft, power loss, and potentially from the ancestors. So we're going to come back to that in a minute, what all those things are and how they affect the bucket. But I want to finish my little list here of things that affect the bucket. Because the other thing that can affect the bucket, once you started to lose, once you have fundamental damage in the bucket, there can be intrusions into the wall of the bucket. Think of it kind of like once there's um, a chip in the enamel of the bucket, then the rain and the water and everything gets in and the bucket itself begins to rust. You know, so stuff can begin to kind of eat away at the bucket once there is a crack or an opening or a hole in some way. So there can be intrusions to the bucket. Another big one, I hate to tell you everybody, but one another big big thing that influences the integrity of your bucket is your patterns in relationship. Now, some people are really good in relationship, but they're really terrible at work. And so when you think about this, it's not just your intimate relationships. I mean, that is the place that most people start making some really poor bucket choices. But people also make some really poor bucket choices at work. And so you may be great at work with your boundaries and your bucket, but not real good in your personal relationship or vice versa. So that's two places to look at your patterns in relationship, your relationship with work, your relationship with um, your intimate relationships, or your family, your family of origin relationships. So the question that any reasonable person would be asking at this point in time is not only, wow, what's the integrity of my bucket, but how do I repair it? 
good question. The beauty of something made of energy, of course, is it can be repaired energetically. Yay. You know, it's not like you have to just go to Costco and buy a new bucket. You can repair it. Okay. Now, the issue here, though, is what you need to do to repair it depends on what's wrong. And so there is absolutely no point in doing something to repair the bucket if it's not going to affect the actual problem in the bucket. So what's the best way to know what's wrong with your bucket? To know your bucket in the first place. So what I mean by that is the best way to know what's wrong with your bucket is to be doing a daily connecting in internal visualization to check your bucket, to look at the integrity of the inside of your energy body with your intuitive inner eyes and to sense what is going on in the bucket. Are there cracks? Are there holes? Are there absent places? Are there, you know, what is the integrity? Is the bucket made of bricks? Is it made of stone? Is it, you know, what is the quality of the bucket? The more you touch in with that every day, the better you will be able to know what's wrong. And so tuning in daily in a, in a short daily energy visualization meditation, pretty easy thing to do right after you've done your morning grounding, right? You'll know you can tune in with what's going on in the bucket. So if, if the issue is soul loss, you will have a hole in the bucket. So if you see a hole, it's most likely soul loss itself, which means a, a fragment of yourself has been split off in the past, and that can be retrieved very easily by an initiated shamanic healer. Soul theft is very similar. That could also leave a hole. And soul theft simply means that the energy that's been lost was actually stolen by someone and is most likely still being held by that the energy of that person. Same thing, though. A shaman can still retrieve that soul part. The other reason that you might have a structural lack of integrity in the bucket would be power loss, which means, from a shamanic perspective, you've lost connection with your spirit help, and so you're having to work too hard in the protective function of your life because your spirit energy isn't here to do it for you, because that's their main job, or or their universal job, I should say, not their main job, but their universal job. And so power loss can be a reason your bucket is starting to fail. Okay. Another reason could be some kind of deep, unresolved energy in the ancestral lines that sets you and all the rest of the living descendants of that ancestral line up for having funky buckets. And so the healing for that, once again, is an initiated shaman who's going to go back up the ancestral line and do the healing work on the ancestors, which will allow you then to repair and maintain the integrity of your bucket here in the physical world. Now, the beauty of all of these solutions to your bucket problems is that all of these things are shamanic healing actions that, um, well, that I could do long distance, that shamans can help you with if they are local to you. I can help you with if you're local to me. I can also help you with if you're not because these are things that can be handled long distance. So the solution to structural integrity problems in your bucket is to get it fixed by a highly trained professional. And it's not hard. It doesn't take a whole lot of work. And it's much more effective if those are the problems with your bucket to go to the specialist. If your problem is your thoughts, you might be better off at your therapist. I don't know. But the point is, know what's wrong. Is it an issue in the bucket itself? Are you leaking? Or is it an issue with your ability to bring energy in? Or are you simply spending it frivolously by your actions, your choices in relationship, and the way you're thinking about your life? And are you working your own nerves? 
These are the kinds of questions we need to learn to ask to maintain the energy integrity of our life and to cultivate the energy that we need to do what we've come here to do. So hopefully you found something helpful in today's show. I want to invite everyone to tune in next week because we have wonderful guests from um, England who are talking about shamanic work in England, and they're talking about really interesting work they've been able to do in England in what we would consider um, hospitals for the mentally ill. Um, It's a very, very interesting show. Um, Beautiful people, lovely people talking about their shamanic path and their application as shamanic practitioners into the, the medical system in England. It's a very interesting show. And the week after that, we'll have Ed Tick coming back and talking with us about what we gain by having mature warriors and how we get them. And so we continue in the final part of our War in the Soul series with So thank you, everyone, for being with me here this afternoon on Why Shamanism Now. We thank the ancestors for being with us and supporting us in our lives here today. It is on their shoulders that we stand. We thank the earth below and the sky above. We thank the heart in the very center that unites us all. For more information, you can go to lastmaskcenter.org. If you have any questions, you're welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. Have a great day.